Warning, this podcast features graphic content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello again, Nightmare Society, and welcome to another episode of True Horror Stories. Just a few notes before we start. If you're not already following our Patreon, which you can access public updates even without a membership, or you're not following our Instagram, you may want to. As we are getting closer and closer to the day, we'll be welcoming some new humans. And I'm fully expecting to miss an episode unless they time it perfectly, which I highly doubt. So, we'll try and update both Instagram and Patreon if and when that happens. I'd also like to send a shout out to Little Bean, who's been a longtime listener. Thank you, Little Bean. And as always, I'd like to thank our contributors who make this whole thing possible. User Lightning Spider 97, User Race Justin T, User Harley Rippa, User Gumby Cliff Bar, and User Bubble Nugget 62. Also, FYI, towards the end, we do have a part of a story that may be sensitive for animal lovers, so you don't miss out on the rest of the story. There is a warning in there. It's a very quick, small part, so you'll hear where to skip forward at. And please don't forget that uh, Nightmare Society is a weekly podcast. We release an episode every Thursday, and it's available pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, etc., even YouTube. And speaking of YouTube, we would love if you would follow us over on YouTube, like a video. I'm trying to grow the YouTube. Hopefully, we're, we're... looking to try to get a thousand we're at like 700 right now so um i have a feeling if some of you would go over there and follow us we uh we get a little closer to a thousand and of course in your own podcast app if that's where you're listening don't forget to follow us uh, so you can get updates on when we do release new episodes if you forget that it is every thursday okay that's enough now get comfy and prepare yourself for another episode of The Nightmare Society. going through a really rough patch. I was extremely depressed and in a very dark place at the time. So when my friend invited me to go to the Davy Crockett National Forest with him to camp, I was more than happy to oblige. We decided we would camp at the Ratcliffe Lake campgrounds for two nights, and then the third night we would stay at a free camping spot somewhere off of the miles of park roads scattered throughout the forest. So the first couple of days went by amazingly. I loved the smell of pines, especially in East Texas, and the campsite was beautiful, not to mention the lake. 
We did some kayaking and hiking and the views really helped my mindset. It was awesome. However, on the third morning, my friend got an emergency call and had to bail at the last second. I was slightly upset, but it didn't necessarily mean I had to go home just because he did. So I decided to stick to the original plan and find a place to camp deep within the forest. After he left, I headed to the nearest forest information center and snagged a map. The map showed the nearby highways and the forest. I scouted a couple of park roads and made my way towards them. After maybe five miles out of town, I find a park road, which is indicated by a numbered sign, and is only a dirt road. I head down it and settle in for the adventure. The road wasn't very narrow, but it would have been a hassle to move two trucks around each other, which I didn't really encounter. I kept the map on my lap and followed the road with my fingers while also checking the road ahead for potholes. The woods got super dense around me, and darker, and it all kind of just enveloped my truck. I don't know how many miles I traveled before I first came to another turnoff, but it was clear that I was super freaking deep in the woods. I traveled to where one group of campsites was supposed to be, which was a small loop. I turned down and to my surprise was met with a couple of trucks and RVs all occupants outside cleaning guns or dressing deer. Please don't come at me, I've never been hunting. It was hunting season so I guess it wasn't that big of a surprise, but it was still very off-putting with the looks I was receiving, so I made the loop and continued on. I drove a couple more miles and found another very remote spot at the very corner of the woods. I pulled over and set up the tent and a fire and brought out the whiskey. I didn't have a great night and was burning some letters, so I got a little more messed up than I would have cared to be. So I ate some food, put out the fire, and headed into the tent to play the switch and wind down. It didn't take me too long to fall asleep and I slept really hard. I woke up around maybe 1am to the sound of footsteps circling my campsite. I'm a pretty avid camper so I just assumed it was a critter checking out the human who decided to chill in his pad without asking. I started to drift off again when I heard a low cough. <coughs> then I was instantly awake. I just kind of laid there, listening, and the footsteps approached my truck. I had locked my truck but heard the obvious sign of someone trying to handle, then quietly shuffle over to the other side and try the other handle. I had a spotlight that I brought with me so I quietly unzipped the tent and pointed my light in the direction of the noise and shouted out, I caught a brief glimpse of whoever it was in all camouflage. They sprinted off into the woods with no light. Like, they took off, and although I had no plans on following them, I scanned the brush with my light and couldn't see anything. I turned off my light to see if I could see a phone light or a flashlight, but instead I heard a very loud crashing into the brush that just got quieter and further away. So, whoever this person was ran into the dark woods with no lights and all camo. 
Considering the map, the direction he ran also didn't have any more roads nor amenities. So maybe he was on private property? I don't know. But I was very scared. I just collapsed in my tent. Screw putting it in the bag. I shoved it in my back seat and drove the park roads like a bat out of hell. Once I got back out to the main road, I drove four hours back to my hometown. I want to go back sometime, but with friends, and maybe a gun. But yeah, that was not a fun experience and definitely up there as one of the most frightening things that has ever happened to me in the woods. My uncle has a large stretch of wooded property in Missouri, about a one and a half hour drive from St. Louis. He has a cabin, a small man-made lake, and trails throughout the woods. When we visited, we would spend a lot of time driving ATVs down the trails. One of the trails leads to an abandoned mining area. The area has a toppled over mine shaft. A couple of cement buildings, a sheet metal storage shed for core samples, and a sheet metal building with showers and a couple of rooms. There's a metal fence separating two sections of it that for a while was still mostly intact. All of it is in disrepair and hasn't been used for mining for many decades, perhaps a century. All of this lies in a large open area that has no trees. Just sand and mud flats, which made it the perfect place to drive four-wheelers. We would visit a few times each year and take the four-wheelers out to the flats and have a great time riding. We never felt unsafe, and sometimes we would even go out at night to stargaze. Eventually, we started to notice these sights pop up at the edge of the woods around the flats, like sticks stuck in the ground in lines or circular patterns with small burn piles. There were usually shotgun shells, bullet casings, and beer cans spread around. Sometimes we'd see spray-painted symbols on pieces of trash or trees. Basically, it looked like people shooting targets and drinking out on the flats with a bunch of weirdness with the symbols. So, we didn't think much of it and decided we wouldn't go out at night and started carrying guns with us when we went out. What finally did it for me and kept me from going out there was when we discovered that the fence had been nearly completely destroyed. Only the posts were left, and on every post someone had stuck a can or jar or something on top. And all throughout the flats and on the trails that ran its perimeter we would find cans and containers stuck onto the ends of tree branches. Again, it wasn't anything too weird. Like, we know people like to go out and break stuff and do other dumb stuff. What got us was the scope of it. The fence was probably a half mile in length and every single section of metal mesh had been removed, which would have required considerable time and energy even with bolt cutters. And that alone wouldn't be too weird because people loot metal for scrap all the time. The thing is none of it was gone just laid on the ground next to the fence. 
and then someone had taken the time to cap the posts with cans and other containers. Then to boot, they had taken the time to place items on the ends of tree branches every 50 feet or so, all along maybe two miles of trails and on the perimeter of the sand flats. That was the last time I went out there. It's been 10 years and I've moved states and have limited contact with that part of my family, so I don't know if anything else happened. So nothing paranormal necessarily. Weird human activity more like it out in the backwoods of Missouri. Let me start off by saying that this is a true story that happened to me when I was about 13. I'm 27 now. Whether you believe it or not, it's up to you. My dad used to be part of a small hunting club in Alabama, just a handful of guys he grew up with. Once a year, we would drive to the small town of Elba to camp for a few days and go hunting. There were a few different areas of land around the town that the club owned, and club members could go hunting there. One of these pieces of land was nicknamed the cemetery, because, well, it had an old cemetery on it. Nothing really creepy about the cemetery. It was in the woods, and the graves were of a slave owner and the graves of his slaves. Now in this area of land nicknamed the cemetery, there are five or six green fields. Basically, a cleared-out area where there are no trees, just grass and a buck hut to hunt in. A buck hut is a treehouse that you sit in to wait for deer to walk out onto the green field. This particular evening, we were going to hunt on Greenfield 1, the plot directly behind the old cemetery. The evening started off normal enough. My dad parked the truck and we walked down the trail to the buck hut. We climbed up and started to wade and watch the woods. A little bit of time passes and my dad tells me that he's going to go for a short walk to see if he maybe can see if any deer's on the trail. Keep in mind I'm about 13 years old. Not a big deal. I've hunted by myself before and I'm not afraid of being alone in the woods. Besides, it was still pretty light out. So I said okay and he climbed down. It was just me, my 32 caliber Marlin rifle, the grass field in front of me and the dense woods around me. This is where things start to get strange. I sat there for a freaking eternity or what felt like an eternity and it was now almost twilight. My concern for my dad was growing because he was still not back yet. I was worried that maybe something happened to him or maybe he got lost. However, he's an experienced hunter and if he was lost he would yell or fire off a shot. But the woods had been dead silent. I figured maybe he found a good spot that he wanted to hunt the twilight dusk hour of the day because that's prime for hunting. So I focused my attention on the grass field in front of me. Just watching. Listening and waiting for a deer to walk out on the field as the light of the day began to fade. Just then, across the field, I saw and heard some brush moving and breaking. 
The thought did cross my mind that it could be my dad, but I highly doubted it. No way it could be him. That would be incredibly dangerous and stupid. I raised up my rifle, pulled back the hammer, aimed it at the moving brush, and patiently waited for what I hoped was a deer to walk out. Then, a girl floated out of the woods and onto the grassy field. She was transparent white, with a long flowing dress and long white hair. She floated from one side of the field to the other and disappeared back into the woods. I watched her for a solid minute or two. I could not freaking believe my eyes, and I was petrified. Now I wanted my dad back. A short time passes and it's now pitch freaking black, and I'm still alone. My concern for my dad was turning into panic but I was too afraid to yell or go look for him in the pitch black woods where I just saw a freaking ghost. I sat there for hours, terrified and alone in the darkness. Thankfully, he finally returned. He acted as if he hadn't been gone long at all. I asked him where the hell he had been and he said he just went for a short walk up the trail, turned around, and came back. The timeline made no sense. He was gone for hours. It was unlike him to leave me alone for that long. He was adamant that he had only been gone for 15 to 30 minutes. We walked down the trail back to his truck. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. The whole experience still confuses me to this day. Was the ghost I saw an old slave or slave owner buried in the woods behind me? Something else entirely? Did my dad go through some time warp where time sped up? I don't know. I never went hunting there again, and I don't plan on ever going back. happened in the desert back in 2016. I made a road trip from Phoenix, Arizona to Esters Park, Colorado to camp with friends. I was driving solo and saw pictures of a place called Coal Mine Canyon that was on the Navajo Reservation. It looked like a neat and secluded place so I put it into my Apple map and headed that way. I got off the highway while in Tuba City and drove about 15 miles to where I'd turn off for the canyon. I thought it was weird that there weren't any signs, and Apple Maps directed me to turn off the road onto a one-lane dirt road. A mile or so into the road, I got to a point where the road descended to about a 10-15% to grade, maybe 150 feet down into a canyon. It wasn't until I got to the bottom that I realized how steep that was, and also it was very muddy at the bottom, but I continued on. Every minute further I went, I started to realize that I was in the wrong place. But the road was narrow and had thick desert bushes on both sides, so it was not possible to turn around. To make matters worse, I didn't have service and nobody knew where I was. Finally, I got to the end of the road, which was a point that stood another 200 feet above a valley and had a very creepy shack built there. There was something about that shack that didn't sit right with me. While it was a nice spot, 
It was very desolate and gave me bad vibes. The scenery was pretty, so I got out to take some photos, and on my way back to my car, I noticed that there was a person looking at me through this window opening in the shack. It was far enough away that I couldn't see facial features or expressions, just that they were looking at me. I ran to my car and turned around and headed back. As I was approaching the 10 to 15% grade, I noticed a big truck at the top just sitting there, and my heart stopped. It wasn't there before when I was on my way down. When I got close to the hill, the truck started to drive down it, and I knew this meant that I had no way out, as I didn't have enough room to get around it. I wasn't able to drive into the bushes. The truck and I slowly made our way closer to each other, get off the road and out of their way. No luck. We stopped about 30 feet away from each other, and I noticed there were three men in the truck sitting in front of me, all in the front seat. I gave a little wave, and they didn't give anything back. At this point, I had no idea what to do and thought I was about to die. I was trespassing on their property, and the person in the shack must have notified them. I don't know if it was 30 seconds or 30 minutes, but to my surprise, the truck pulled off the path and into the bushes to let me around them. I slowly moved past them. While doing so, I looked at the left to see them. Saw six eyes and expressionless faces looking back at me. I got to the muddy area at the base of the hill and wasn't sure I'd be able to get enough speed and traction through the mud to make it up the hill. I straightened my tires, hit the gas pedal hard, and shot up the hill. When I got off the dirt road, I gunned it into Tuba City and out of there as fast as I could. Sometimes when I think back to that story, I get a knot in my stomach and can't stop from thinking about what would have happened if they hadn't gone out of my way. been a skeptic of creepy paranormal things my entire life. I've never really believed in that kind of stuff. But the things I have heard and witnessed at my grandparents' farm shakes me to my core. My grandparents own a large plot of land in central Missouri, and they have owned that land for around 40 years. I've been down to that farm over 10 times, and every time I go, I always get this terrifying feeling that something is watching me. Like there's always something behind my back. I've also had many strange encounters there that are downright bizarre. My first encounter with whatever the heck this thing is was when I was around the ages of seven to nine. We had brought our dog named Spot to that farm. He was a silver lab who I loved dearly. I was exploring in the forest behind the house just enjoying the summer breeze when my dog started growling a deep, sinister growl that I have never heard him make. I turned around quickly to see what he was growling at, but could see nothing but forests along forests. While my eyes were scanning the area where my dog was growling, some animal shot out of the brush so fast I could barely see what it was, and before I knew it, it was gone. 
I sat there for what felt like an eternity, absolutely flabbergasted by what I just witnessed. From what I could see of it, it looked like a coyote, but the speed at which it moves was absolutely insane. It moved at like 90 miles an hour. It made no noise. But the most creepy part was that the place it jumped out of didn't even make an imprint of where it was laying, and from where I viewed it jumping up, I should have been able to easily see where it was hiding. Shocked by what I just witnessed, I decided that that was enough and went back to the house. My second encounter happened when I was around 10. I was visiting the place, and like usual, I was getting the feeling I was being watched. That first day was normal and nothing really creepy happened. I was just spending quality time with family. But when night came, that's when stuff started happening. I was trying to get some sleep in the twin bed that was shared by my mom's brother when he used to live there. When I heard tapping. Not tiny little taps, but loud taps. Almost like banging. It was coming from the direction of the window. I slowly sat up and looked at the window, but there was nothing, so I assumed it was just some animal or something like that. Five minutes pass and no tapping, and I was drifting off to sleep when... This time, it was not a tap. A slam. A loud slam directly into the window. I'm not talking about like a hit. It sounded as if something absolutely massive hit the window. I shot up so quickly I nearly passed out. I decided enough was enough and grabbed the flashlight in the drawer and shined it out the window. Nothing. Ten seconds passed. Nothing. I was about to go crawl into my mom's bed when I heard it. A screech. A screech that was not achievable by any human. So loud it pierced the quiet, peaceful summer night can't put it into words what that sound sounded like, but it was dark and horrible and I still remember it to this day. I froze, unable to move a muscle, I was so scared. I was sitting there still as a statue, petrified by what I heard. That's when my instincts kicked in and they told me to run to my mom's room, which I did. For some reason I didn't wake her up, I just cuddled up next to her and didn't sleep the entire night. All I could think of was that sound. That horrid, terrible, bloody screech. My next encounter was when I was around the age of 13. I was back at my grandparents just enjoying my time like I usually do when my grandpa suggested that we go deer watching. I agreed because I had been doing this since as long as I could remember. And it was never an issue. And it was really fun. So we took the Polaris and went out at around 6 to 7 p.m. to look for deer. We decided to go into the most eastern pasture because that's usually where we spotted the most deer. 30 minutes passed and we had seen a few deer but not as much as we usually do. But then this is where the crap begins. I get that feeling again. That dreadful feeling that something is there in the shadows watching me. But this time... It's a lot more intense, like it's right up behind me, but when I look, it's never there. But this time, it appears that my grandpa feels the same presence too. Just to let all of you know, my grandpa's a very laid-back individual, always joking and having a laugh. 
The only time I've seen him be serious is when my great uncle died a couple of years ago. So when I start feeling that I'm being watched, my grandpa goes from a happy and laid back expression to very serious and alert. He gripped the wheel so tight his knuckles turned white and was constantly looking around like to make sure something wasn't following us. He then made a massive U-turn out of nowhere and started heading back to the house. I asked him, what are you doing? And he said, we're heading back to the house. The tone of his voice was cold, like he had witnessed someone being murdered. At this point, he was gripping the wheel even harder and was absolutely going pedal to the metal full speed back to the house. I decided not to ask any questions until we got back to the house, which we did in no time at all. Once we were there, he rushed me into the house, constantly checking his back to make sure something wasn't there. When we were inside, he closed and locked the door tight. His behavior was very alarming and it really shocked me to my core. I decided that all of the stuff I had witnessed was enough and only asked him one question. What the hell is going on here? When I said that, he looked at me and gave me a cold expression and said, I have some things I need to explain to you. We then sat down for 30 minutes and he explained that whatever this thing that was living on his property was, has been here since the day he moved in. And he and my mother experienced the same thing that was happening to me the first few years of living here. He explained that he has seen whatever this thing is and that it doesn't like new visitors. Hence why I was experiencing all of these problems. He told me about all of the things that he had witnessed and experienced and they seemed to have been pretty similar to what was happening to me. He told me that he knew this was going to happen to me and that he was always watching to make sure I never got hurt because he knew this creature better than anyone else. We talked some more but all of it was the same. It was now late and he decided that I couldn't sleep alone so he had me sleep with my mom. We luckily promptly left the next morning. I have not been back since that day. A couple of other short, odd occurrences happened. If you're an animal lover, you may want to skip ahead about a minute and ten seconds. Recently, they took my sister's horse to the farm. The first night for the horse was hell. My sister's horse has always been very friendly and not shy. But the first night of my sister's horse being at the farm was bizarre. The next morning, my grandpa woke up and was doing his usual chores and went to go feed the horse. He noticed that the horse was acting very strange, extremely shy and timid. But when he took a better look, he was shocked. The horse had three 10-inch gashes down its side, like something had clawed at it. It was ruled that the horse ran into the fence, but I think otherwise. Also around the same time, my grandparents adopted a dog and named it Panda. Panda was a Jack Russell Terrier who was two months of age. Five days later, he was found dead with deep puncture wounds on his body, with his neck slashed up. They ruled it as a bobcat or a mountain lion, but I also think otherwise. I don't know what this thing is, but something tells me if I go back, good things will not come.
Don't forget to follow us over on Instagram. And check out our Patreon if you're interested in supporting the podcast over at patreon.com slash Nightmare Society. You can also find merch over on nightmaresociety.threadless.com. The links are all in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and until next time. Sweet. 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 Sweet.